And so we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would lead us in our reflections today. In Jesus' name, amen. So we've been journeying through Lent. We've heard powerful and thought-provoking messages. Messages that in each case have reflected not only on the sufferings of Job, as we've considered that, but also taking us to the sufferings of Jesus himself. And this Sunday is not only Palm Sunday, but also is referred to as Passion Sunday. And it's particularly this theme that I want to take up at the beginning of Holy Week. What was it like to be part of those final dramatic events that led to Jesus being crucified? And I want to portray that this morning uh, through the experiences of one of those people who was associated with Jesus. The readings perhaps have already alerted you to who that person is, Joseph of Arimathea. So to use something of our imagination, from time to time in our uh, services here, we use some different ways of uh, communicating. And I think that's good. I'm personally convinced that no one ever said about Jesus teaching, ah, well, he's just saying what we would expect him to say. He was predictable. Do you think Jesus was predictable? I don't think so. And so uh, it's good that we're a church where we can be experimental, where we can use, as we did recently, something that has multi-voice. But today, uh, to try to think into what it was like for Joseph of Arimathea. And this is what I've written as I've reflected on this and tried to take up this role. I didn't put my hand up. All the rest of the people on the council did, but I didn't. They condemned Jesus. But I had seen something. I had heard something. What Jesus said wasn't blasphemy to me. It was, it was true. But I should go back a bit. Arimathea the town where I come from. A place where it was difficult to get on. And I wanted to get on. I didn't want to stay in small town life. It was Jerusalem for me. Yes, money, getting on the council, prestige, power. And it was hearing Jesus that messed it all up. I heard about him through my friend Nicodemus. He said, according to Jesus, that the main thing was to start life again, to start a new life, new birth. It just seemed so crazy at first, so odd. Then I heard Jesus himself speaking, speaking about how hard it was for the rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. I was pretty well healed by then. It made me think, on that climb up the ladder, in a funny way, was I actually moving away from God? And the council meeting was my moment of decision. And I decided. Now you've read about John's comment that I was a secret disciple for fear of the Jews. He wrote about 
me in his gospel. And certainly the fear part is right. I can't deny it. But I wasn't so secret in the last hours of Jesus' life. But I never felt I could argue with what John said in his gospel. He's just so lovely, isn't he? The last hours before Jesus' death, in the crowd, with Jesus carrying his cross. They got hold of Simon of Cyrene to help as Jesus was so weak. Well, no Roman would carry a cross. Simon came from North Africa. And yet for Simon, it was a life-changing experience. He was just taken hold of to do this job, but actually Jesus took hold of him. And, you know, his sons, Alexander and Rufus, they're in uh, the congregation. They're disciples of Jesus. There was lots of us there. The women who stayed to the end, they were there. They were really upset, sobbing. And Jesus, like he always did, had time for the women and called them his daughters. Although it was actually hard what he said to them. Daughters, things are going to get even worse. And we all went together, the eyewitnesses. We saw it happen. We went together to the skull. What a dreadful place. Indescribable. I'd never been there. I mean, you didn't. You didn't go there. The people on those crosses, I mean, they weren't people. We don't want to talk about what's going on with these crucifixions. Blanket out. But there I was. And Jesus and two criminals. And the crowd. You'd probably call it the gallows crowd. Crucify! Crucify! They shouted it a lot. It was just the mob. It had happened many times, but I could never imagine anybody who had been on one of those crosses saying what Jesus said. Father, forgive them. The people on the crosses... They just cursed back. But here was Jesus. And I was there. And it was so strange. I felt he was forgiving me. Father, forgive them. Somehow he was taking all my wrong paths in life and giving me a fresh start. Some of my colleagues were there. Ha! He saved others. Let him save himself if he's the Christ, the chosen one. Ha! He can't, can he? And of course, the soldiers, if you're the king of the Jews, save yourself, gambling for his clothes. In the back of my mind, there was a scripture I had not read for a long time. I looked it up later in the Psalms. Psalm 22, you can find it. One of the really weird things was with these two people, these criminals, on either side of Jesus. I think it was all arranged. Three criminals, the worst of them in the middle. That's how 
They wanted it to be seen. And I somehow wondered if Jesus was accepting that, taking taking his place with the worst of the people. And at first, listening, both of these criminals were saying the same thing. If you're the Christ, save yourself and us. But then one of them changed. And I heard him say, we're being killed for what we did, but he's done nothing wrong. And then he said something that changed my whole way of thinking about life and death. He said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And my first thought was, there is something after death. There is a kingdom. And Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. They were both going to die. And this criminal was going to be with Jesus because he prayed that prayer. And I thought, it's possible for anyone to be changed. And there is a new life. My theology, if you want to call it that, really started at the cross. Well, by this time, Jesus was close to death, and it got very dark, very, very dark. It really wasn't natural, and I thought, there's something about this darkness. It's the darkness of all the evil in the world, and yet God was there. There was light in the darkness. And they found out afterwards that the temple was torn, this great curtain in the temple And there was lots of discussions about that and lots of controversy. And the person who made that veil was even threatened with legal action uh, for producing such a poor product. And some people said, no, 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 there's more to this. We can go into the presence of God. It's been made available to us. And that, I thought, was great. But even more important for me was God can come out. God's coming out. To us. And later I was there when Stephen, the first of the Christian martyrs, preached about this that God doesn't stay in houses, but God is on the move. So, the last words of Jesus Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Of course, they came from the Psalms as well. I kind of vaguely remembered those words. But the way that Jesus said, Father, I never heard that in the synagogue in Arimathea. Not that relationship with God as Father. There was a lot of noise going on. I don't think everybody heard those words. But one of the soldiers said, we were wrong, you know. This man was innocent. And I even heard somebody say, This man was the Son of God. And in that horrible place, that terrible place, a new community was starting. A community that's still something we're part of, the followers of Jesus. But then it came to the question of the body. Some of the women were there, the men had gone. But what would happen? to the body of Jesus. I didn't really want to think about that. What could we do 
What could we do? What could I do? And suddenly, it was down to me. Because I had a tomb. I have to say, rather a grand tomb. Already, for me, at some time, and then for my family, yes, a place I had paid a lot of money for. It wasn't cheap. So would I actually tell my family that I was putting a crucified criminal there? That wasn't an easy decision. Can you think about what I was feeling? Going to Pilate wasn't the difficult thing. Pilate was quite pleased that I came along and said, I've got a tomb. That solved a little problem. But my family, at the time, they really didn't understand. Later they did. Then I got hold of Nicodemus, and we wrapped that broken body of Jesus in a linen sheet. Jesus would be honored in his death. And anyway, I could buy another tomb. And Mary Magdalene and the other women would be comforted. There was a place to come to bring spices. And in fact, Nicodemus and I, we bought a huge amount of spices as I think back. Probably it seems ridiculous. But as I also think back, we bought the amount of spices that a king would have. And that's who Jesus was, a crucified king. Now, in a week's time, we'll know that wasn't the end of the story, won't we? Because death wasn't the end, and Jesus rose again. But for Joseph Arimathea, walking through that week, I think helps us to imagine how we can walk through this coming week, uh, this holy week. How we can perhaps use our imaginations to put ourselves in the scene. And to think, and this is really my challenge as Ian this morning, not as Joseph. My challenge to myself and to all of us about our decisions. Joseph had to make what was a very difficult decision to put himself on the side of Jesus to be the only one on that council who did that, to be the one who offered his family tomb for this man who had been crucified. So there's something that challenges us this morning about our lives at the beginning of Holy Week. What decisions are we going to make, which might be very difficult decisions, very costly decisions, which might be the kind of decisions that people around us think, why are you doing that? How could Jesus be so important to you? Isn't this all nonsense? Just something that people in the past believed, but how could we believe it today? Joseph responded to a call. He received forgiveness. He received new life. Jesus offers that to you if you've never received it. Forgiveness, new life. But to all of us, he calls us I believe in this Holy Week, to renew our commitment, to say to ourselves, it is through the self-giving of Jesus that we have life. 
And we ourselves are called to follow Jesus, to be those who give and give and give. But in knowing, in giving, we receive. And there are many blessings for us in this week and in our future lives. Amen.